We're launching today a series that I can't believe it's taken us this long, me this long, to actually preach this particular series and this particular book. Okay, there are certain uh, books and people that have a marked influence on your life. And this month, we're going to be preaching the principles out of Dr. Yongi Cho's book, The Fourth Dimension. Uh, who's, give us a wave if you've read it, if you've read it before. All right, maybe 25%. Dan Frecker, you didn't put your hand up. Come on, buddy, what's going on? Uh, he's going to read it with us this month. Awesome. And so uh, this book, I, I first saw Dr. Yongi Cho in the year 2000 uh, when he came to preach at a leadership conference and we'd just become the senior pastors of this church. And so I, I saw Dr. Cho, I heard his teaching, it rocked me. He preached about prayer. Uh, he's built, he, he's no longer alive, but he built uh, in his day from a, a person who was healed supernaturally of tuberculosis, living in poverty. He ended up building a church in Korea, the largest church in the world, almost one million people. And when I heard him and sensed the atmosphere around his life, it, it, really, it really impacted me. And so I went and read his book and listened to a range of his things, and particularly around two things Dr. Cho is known for globally. One is, his, is prayer, the fourth dimension prayer, and the other is cell groups and a church that's just grew through cells and influenced the globe. Now, if you, know, if you ever, now I've got to meet him. I think I've got a photo of when we, I got to meet him a few years ago, uh, if we can whack that up. And he's just a delightful man. And uh, he, he went to be with the Lord a couple of years ago. So this is probably about five years ago. Uh, Dr. Cho has influenced, if you go to Korea, you're not a real pastor unless you have a daily 4.30 or 5 o'clock church-wide prayer meeting. Like daily. You go to that church now and at 4.30 in the morning, uh, auditoriums of thousands of people are filled at 4.30. There's a queue and buses lined up for people to get into the 4.30 prayer meeting. Yeah, you're, not, you're, you're barely a Christian in Korea if you don't pray three hours a day. That is the atmosphere that has been, I, I, I talked to a guy last week in Sydney and he was telling me that he was in Korea for a number of years and a pastor just taught him how to pray and he said uh, three hours would be a really good way for you to pray and he said it changed his life. And so one of the great things that we're going to dive into this week, I'm not expecting everyone to pray three hours this week. Just relax. I, I see a whole lot of like eyes with light, you know, uh, we're not starting at 4.30 in the morning prayer meeting and everybody said... I don't know who would love that? Someone, who wants that? Okay, there's a few people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we'll move on. We've got revival prayer every Tuesday night from 7 to 7.30. That's, that's rocking, and we'll, we'll build from there. Uh, I had the privilege to, to go to Dr. Cho's church uh, in 2013 with Pastor Phil. Pastor Phil Pringle, the leader of C3 Global, was on Dr. Cho's global board. And he would get anybody who had a move of God or a movement and, put, and get them on his board. And so in a, in a bucket list moment for me, I got to go to Dr. Cho's church. I got to walk outside it. Uh, I, got to, to, I got to get inside it as well. Uh, I got to be there. I got to hear Dr. Cho. And then I went to their church prayer meeting, which was in a stadium with 80,000 people. It was once a year they would do a stadium prayer meeting. And all of the board members and their friends or delegates got to walk around the stadium like an Olympic opening ceremony. So the closest I've ever got to being a Commonwealth Games or Olympian person was walking in my suit and tie into the stadium as everyone was introduced and the crowd goes wild. It was like, oh, my childhood dreams come true. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Thank you, Pastor Phil. 
And so we sat in this, this stadium, and they, they were grouped with groups uh, in color scheme according to their cell group and their cell group area. So there was red groups and yellow groups, and I've got a little bit of footage of it. So they had different preachers throughout the day being interpreted. So I've got like a 15-second grab here from Pastor Phil uh, preaching. You'll have to turn the sound up so we can watch this one together. They just would. So they would just have the preacher, the interpreter, and everyone cheering, and then they'd pray together for half an hour or an hour, and it was. It was unbelievable. There was a, a, a spirit of prayer, a, a well that was as deep as it gets had been dug of prayer in this place. It deeply impacted me. The other thing that they had uh, that, that Dr. Cho was worldwide renowned for was Prayer Mountain. And so I, I got up early one morning and I didn't really know. And I got on a bus with a whole lot of people outside the church to go to Prayer Mountain. I was, I was kind of expecting it was like going to be like Mount Coolum or, you know, or Mount Dandenong or something like that, Melbourne. Uh, but really it wasn't so much a Melbourne, uh, it wasn't so much a mountain. It was just sort of, uh, you know, an, a higher area. But it had uh, auditoriums, restaurants. It had, they had church services there and chapel there. But they had what I went to do was to see the world famous prayer group grottos and where, where people from their church would get on a bus and go and spend a day in prayer or a week in prayer. And so I've got a, a photo of just what the, these grottos looked like. Just to where, So this is, this is me. So all of those along there into the side of the mountain, the little grottos, they're about four feet tall. Uh, maybe a, a foot and a half wide or so, and, and maybe, as lo- maybe I'm, now I'm going to metrics, about two meters long, okay? So just excuse my changing of metrics. So go to the next photo. You can sort of see inside. So inside is a little mat. There's a cross, and it's concrete. And so you can pray really loud. You close the door behind you. There's some glass uh, that, where it gets light, and, and there's a little bit of a ventilator. So you can go in there and pray to your heart's content. Uh, funny story, I went there to pray to my heart's content for the day because I just wanted to go. I prayed at Prayer Mountain, and I went there, and, and as I got in there, like I, I had shorts and a T-shirt underneath, tracksuit pants and a jumper, and I got in there, and the sun's boring through the window, and it gets so hot. So I'm like, okay, down to my shorts, down to my T-shirt. Eventually, I take my T-shirt off. I'm there. Like, I'm, I'm just before God, and, and I'm hearing people, a little bit of praying, but every now and there, I'm sort of hearing a bit of grunting outside my room. I look outside, and there's a woman out there. I'm like, oh, that's really sweet. They're here praying. And eventually, I go out to cool off because I'm so hot. I'm dripping with sweat. But they're giving me, like, the death stares. I'm wondering, what's going on? And my lady's like, and in Korean, and all eventually I pick up, and she says, women, women, men, men. Here's this weird Aussie guy stripped down to his shorts in the women's prayer grotto section. So embarrassing. I'm like, I got all my stuff. I'm sorry. I'm like, sorry, I'm from Hillsong. I went down the road. No, I'm just kidding. I, I did not say that. I wish I had it, but I didn't. I went down the road and prayed with all the guys, and it was powerful. So that's my Dr. Cho prayer mountain story. It was powerful, though. It was really powerful. 
All right, so the fourth dimension, well, we're, we're, some of the, the books are available. We've got some in in Melbourne and here that you can buy your own. I, I would love everybody uh, to read this book. It's easy to read. It's story rich and it's principle rich. So we're going to introduce you to the concept of it today and the concept of the fourth dimension. The fourth dimension really came about because Dr. Cho uh, was in a very Buddhist, secular country career, was very Buddhist and secular, and he would hear stories of miracles that happened as Buddhist monks would pray for people. And then he'd hear stories of new age miracles where cancers would disappear and deaf and dumb people would talk and different sects of different groups would be, they, they would have miracles. And he's like, God, why are, they, why are people having miracles? What's, what's going on? And he felt like God uh, in, introduced him to, to this concept. And the concept is that we live in, what, what you and I see is three-dimensional. So we can see depth, you know, we can see length, height, depth. And so we live in what's a three-dimensional world, but there is a fourth dimension, the unseen realm. And it's the unseen realm that has an influence on the seen realm. And we would often maybe call it this, the natural realm and the spiritual realm. And Dr. Cho talked about this concept when he talks about it in the book that when you understand that God has made you and even your mind and your imagination and your soul and your spirit, he's made you to influence the natural world. And so what happens is, is people cotton on to the idea because there's three types of spirits. There's a human spirit, there's the evil spirits, and then there's God's spirit, the Holy Spirit. And so when people work out that their spirit through their imagination and their words can actually change the natural world, and, and you just got to go to a bookshop and read in the New Age section and read about the secret or the power of the mind or the power of your words or the power of meditation. And, and people are catching on to something that's actually quite powerful. That's actually the way we're, it's not necessarily hocus pocus or demonic. There's, there's a power to your imagination and your, it's the way God wired us to change things. But then often what happens is people will attach to a demonic spirit, which has even a greater level of power than the human spirit. And it opens them up for, for extra power, but also torment. But the greatest power, of course, is the Holy Spirit. It's God's spirit. So you see this worked out in the, in the Old Testament when Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, Pharaoh, uh, God's told me to let my people go. And, and he, does the, he does 10 lots of miracles. One of them, he throws his rod on the ground and it becomes a snake. Very cool party trick. Now, the interesting thing was, was the, the unbelieving Egyptian magicians did the same thing. They had tapped into through the power of their fourth dimension understanding and through tapping into evil spirits that they could throw their rods on the ground and they turned into a snake. Except that Moses' snake ate their snakes in a demonstration that the power of God will outstrip any demonic power. But nevertheless, it's there. And so the worst thing in the world that could happen for the church is that Reiki becomes more powerful than the house of God. The worst thing that can happen to the church is that there's all these people out there tapping into an understanding of the unseen realm and even well-intentioned tapping into the demonic and bringing the power of God. And the church is here having arguments about whether tongues is real or not and denying the power of God. God's called us to be demonstrators of the power of God, but we need to understand how that works. So that's the, 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 that's the concept of the fourth dimension that we'll unpack over these next four weeks. 
I love the, the, the concept that he talked about. And today I want to introduce the law of incubation. It's really the first chapter of the book, the law of incubation. And the idea of this is that, that, there is, that God wants to work miracles through your life and my life, but He doesn't just do it where I pray a prayer and He drops the answer in, but often I pray and God uh, impregnates us with an answer so that we then incubate the answer with faith until the full term has come and we partner with God to deliver a miracle. Okay, so that's the, that's the analysis, that's the, the concept, and it's biblical, and I'm going to un- unpack this a little bit today. So Ringwood people, Melbourne East, stay with us. Here we go. Number, there's four things that work in the law of incubation. The first is to envision a clear-cut objective. I don't know how, how many of you at some point or other, like myself, have prayed for something and waited for it to happen, and it hasn't happened, and you've become frustrated or disappointed or annoyed at God, or annoyed at the person who told you about the power of prayer, or think maybe there's something wrong with you, or think maybe that it's just not God's will that that be done, and therefore you sit, and, and I sit, and we get in this place of, of, of lackadaisical, of, of in neutral with our prayer and faith, and, and we therefore aren't living this exciting front-footed Christian life because God doesn't seem to be answering our prayer. And Dr. Cho, in his early days, after he was healed of tuberculosis, started with his mother-in-law, a church. Obviously, he needed the power of the Holy Spirit to help him. Love you, Mom. Uh, just to get it going. Started this church, poverty, in a tent, had no money, wasn't married, and he began to pray. And one of his first prayers, he prayed. He said, God, if I'm going to be a pastor, I at least need a desk and a chair and some sort of bike to ride to visit people in their homes to tell them about Jesus. And so he prayed this prayer, filled with faith, tells this story, prayed this prayer, filled with faith. One month goes by, two months goes by, four months goes by, six months goes by, and he begins to have a whinge to God. I know none of you have ever done this, but Dr. Cho uh, told us. He's like, I prayed the prayer. Nothing's happened. What, what's, what's going on? He said he was depressed, crying. It was raining and muddy outside. And the Holy Spirit began to speak to him. He felt the, the sense and the presence of God. The Holy Spirit began to speak to him and said, uh, I, uh, you know, after he's whinging, I heard your prayer a long time ago. It's like, okay, well, how come I don't have an answer? Where's my bike, my chair, and my desk? And the Lord said, well, I, this is the trouble with you and all of my children. You ask in vague terms. I don't exactly know what kind of desk, what kind of chair, or what kind of bike you want. You need to be very specific. You need a clear-cut objective to be clear before me so I can answer that. Now, when I heard that, I'm like, this reminds me of me and gift-giving. Because if, if someone says, you go, what do you want for Christmas? And you're like, I don't know. And then eventually you go, I like some clothes. Don't, like, if Danielle said to me, I want some clothes for Christmas, I'm going to go into no zone. Uh-uh. I'm not buying clothes. Uh, uh, this is, I don't know if you've got this, but we, in our ha- home, we've discovered this Gifster app. The Gifster app is awesome. You find what you want. You put a link to how to buy it online in the Gifster app. And then whoever gets it first goes, I've bought that and no one else. She doesn't know who's buying it. And, and, and we're like, I'm buying exactly what you asked for. And I did it immediately because you were very clear what you wanted. It's like, girls, don't tell us you want flowers. Because like, there's daisies in many of our front yards. 
There's, there's a cemetery on the way to work for your husband. There's, there's, they're out, there's flowers. Be specific for us. Be really clear. So that, that's what it reminded me of when I read this story. And so Dr. Cho's like, oh, if you want specific, I'll give you specific. And he sat down and he began to meditate and think, well, really, what kind of desk do I want? And he measured it. I want a desk this big. And I want it made of mahogany timber from the Philippines because I want a really quality desk. Like what sort of chair? Oh, I want one made in Japan. I want it with rollers so I can roll around like a big shot, uh, you know, preacher. Uh, I want it steel so it's sturdy. He wrote that down. And then he said, and then, okay, my bike. He said, I thought long and hard, what kind of bike do I want? That stage, the Japanese bikes were very flimsy, very ordinary. She's so like, I want an American bike, American made. I want it with gears on the side so I can change gears wherever I go. Okay, this is in a poverty zone. These are impossible. But he prayed, and when he prayed specifically to God, he said, I felt this faith and confidence in my heart as I prayed that prayer. But then the next morning, he woke up at 4.30 for his prayer meeting and said, I had no faith left. It's like overnight, it disappeared. I had it when I prayed. But then it went, and then God began to teach him about how to incubate something that you've received in the Spirit. And so he began to pray and say, God, I can see it, and he began to imagine it and engage his imagination and see and picture that. Went to church and told everybody, great, this is awesome, because he felt so confident, now I've got it. After he prayed again, I've got this chair, and, it looks, and he told his, whole, his little church, I've got this beautiful Philippine mahogany desk, and I've got this uh, roller steel frame chair, and I've got an American bike. And, and he's like, this is awesome. I've got them. I've got them in the spirit. And they're all like, amazing. God's answered our pastor's prayer. These young guys, come on, young guys. Where, where are they, pastor? And he said, I died a thousand deaths. I'm like, oh, I didn't think anyone would ask, where are they? And he said he took them around the back and quickly praying those, Holy Spirit, what, what, what do I say? What do I say? What do I say? And then eventually he said, uh, do, do you guys, when you were born, were you inside your mother's tummy? And they're like, yes. Did anybody see you? No. But did it mean you were there or not? No, we were there. We were real. And he said, that's what's happened for me. I've received from God. So he said everywhere he went from that moment, mums would pat him on the stomach and laugh at him and say, oh, pastor, pregnant, <laughs> pregnant with a bike, pregnant with a desk. But within a few months, exactly those three things were given to him. The son of a missionary gave him a bike. God answered him, and he taught this principle of being specific in your prayer. When I heard that, it changed my life. It's like, because so often you're like, well, you're God. You give me what you want me to have. Your will be done, not my will be done. And the Lord's like, well, if you're going to be like that, I'll move down to the next person who's praying who's got something specific that they want. Because it's a lot easier to answer a, a specific prayer if you're going to be vague about what you want. So I, I began to learn this and began to learn the principle. And for me, I remember one year we gave a car away in, uh, to, in, in a, an offering. We gave $5,000, sold a car. And I drove for 12 months in this little bomby Corolla. And as I was driving around, this picture came to me, this idea from Dr. Cho. And, and I began to, I saw a black four-wheel drive. Uh, at the airport that was like, a, you can win this car. And I saw it and I began to go, I want a black four-wheel drive guy. It just got in me. It's specific. This is what I want. Didn't, didn't say the brand. I want a black four-wheel drive. 
about 12 months of me envisaging and praying and being specific about that and receiving it on the inside, someone in church rang up and said, I'm going overseas. Uh, I've got a black Jeep Cherokee, and I'm wondering if you would like to have it And while I'm overseas. It was a couple of years. I'll pay for maintenance, registration, insurance, uh, tires. You just got to put fuel in it. Would you like it? And I said, let me pray about that. Yes. And it was, it was God showing me the power of envisaging a clear-cut objective when you pray. Can you, if you can't see it, it's not specific enough. If you can't see it and then ultimately engaging. That's the first part of powerful prayer in the, first, in the fourth dimension. It's interesting in Mark chapter 10, a blind man comes up to Jesus. He's been yelling out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And everyone's telling him to shut up. He's passionate. Comes up and eventually they say, good luck to you, buddy. Jesus has heard you. You can go over to him. He throws his beggar's coat over to him. He's obviously blind. He comes up to Jesus and, you know, you would expect Jesus would just go, be healed. You can see. But he doesn't. He asks him in Mark chapter 10, uh, verse 51, he says, what do you want me to do for you? And so often we're like, well, you're God. You know what I need. So just do what you need me to have that you think that I should have that's your will if that's okay. And Jesus says, what do you want me to do? I mean, Bartimaeus could have said, well, I've, I've been single for the last 10 years. Can you give me a wife? He could have, because God wants you to be specific about what you want. He said, Rabbi, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go, your faith has healed you. Come on, somebody here in Melbourne get, needs to get a specific, clear picture of your prodigal coming back and worshiping in the house of God, hands raised, getting water baptized, standing and giving glory to God, seeing them giving their testimony. Someone needs a clear picture of what God, what you want God to do. That's number one. Number two is this. Fourth dimension prayer incubating is number two is have a burning desire. A burning desire. So uh, Pastor Phil Pringle's book, The Seven Steps of Faith, starts with desire. And sometimes if you're delighting yourself in God, it's okay then to articulate that desire. Psalm 37 verse 4, delight yourself also in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Proverbs 10, 24, the fear of the wicked will come upon him, but the desire of the righteous will be granted. So the reason is not just a desire, it's a burning desire. It's, it's a burning desire that causes you to yell out to Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. That's what got Jesus' attention. And everybody else is like, calm it down, calm it down. Rebuked him. That might not be his will. Like that's like the oldest furphy in the book. That might not be his will. That, that's whatever you desire if you delight in God. And so you desire, you get a burning desire and that burning desire causes you to cry out to God, to pray with passion and fervency. James chapter five, verse 16 says, confess your trespasses to one another, pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective fervent. Everybody say fervent. Come on, say it again, Melbourne, so we can hear you. Say fervence. All right, the effective fervent prayer 
of a righteous man avails much. So you're not going to pray with fervency and passion as if your life depended on it if it's not a burning desire. So if it's not a burning desire and you're not really too worried whether God answers it or not, don't even bother. Fourth dimension, prayer. Prayer, the the way that the law of faith works is a clear-cut objective and a burning, passionate desire that cries out to God. All right, that's number two, a burning desire. Number three, then you have to pray for assurance. Pray, and I would say pray until you have assurance. There's a prayer. Uh, Dr. Cho, uh, he talks in the book about how, when someone asks him, how long does it, do you need to pray until you've got confidence or assurance? And the answer is as long as it takes. Could be a day. Could be five minutes. Could be an hour. Could be three weeks. Could be three months. Could be three years. Could be 25 years, Abraham. But the prayer, the, the, I've got this clear-cut picture. I've written it out. I can see it. That's why putting pictures on your wall and, and imagining things and being reminded and activating your imagination. We'll talk about that next week. It's so powerful. And praying with passion, even though nothing's changed, but praying and praying until you get it on the inside. You, just, you get a seed from God. When you get a seed from God. See, Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So let's, let's look at this. It's the substance of things hoped for. So that's your burning desire. You're hoping for it. Okay, so you, if you've got, your, you've got your burning desire, you're hoping. The evidence of things not seen, that means it hasn't actually manifested in the natural realm yet. The healing hasn't come. The, the breakthrough in your business hasn't come yet. The, the turnaround in your finances hasn't come. The, the turnaround in your family hasn't come yet. The, nothing's changed in terms of evidence. Nothing's changed yet. But you've had this hope and you've been praying it. And faith is a substance that what you hoped for, but you don't yet see, is on the inside of you. It's a substance. So we pray until we get the substance. And that's the, this is the work of prayer. So the one type of prayer is worship and love and re-engage with God and wait on Him and enjoy Him. But the, uh, the, the, this type of prayer is a working at prayer. It's, it's hard work. It's fervent. It, it's, you you kind of got to enjoy God and stop and then go again and keep praying and bounce back from disappointments. And you pray and you pray until... Until you just, uh, that word substance is, the Greek word is hypostasis, and it literally means the title deed. The title deed. God, I'm praying for a house. I've got this picture of what we'd love it to be. I don't have it yet, but I can see it. I can imagine it. I, it's getting clearer every time I ask, and I'm being deliberate, and I'm praying. Now, that, just one little disclaimer. Being specific does not include dates because God doesn't really seem to work to our timeline. So don't go on being really specific. I want an answer to this prayer by next Friday at 3 o'clock. Okay, not, not, not that. Just specific about what you want. All right? 
Be specific about what you want. But you pray, you pray, and then there comes a moment, and Dr. Cho tells a number of stories in the book, there comes a moment where you've been praying and crying and weeping and, and, and just crying out to God and nothing's changed, but then boom, the substance comes. The answer, it can come in the form of a word from God. It can come in the word of just a feeling of confidence. It can come with a vision or a dream. And suddenly you've now got the substance on the inside. You're pregnant with a miracle or an answered prayer. You've got it on the inside. That's what three-dimensional, the fourth-dimensional prayer looks like to get that into it. That means that while you've got a clear picture and passionate prayer, you can be a nervous wreck until you get the confidence. You can be shaky, anxious, fearful, worried. Nothing's changing. I'm, I, this is, nothing seems to be happening, God. Why hasn't it happened? But you're crying out. But when you get the substance, when that seed gets on, on the inside of you, you know, when someone gets pregnant, we've had three kids. I know so much about this. When someone gets pregnant... They don't have the baby immediately when they get pregnant. I know, right? Didn't even do a nursing degree. They get the seed and the embryonic version on the inside, but then there is a waiting period. There's an incubation period. And faith has an incubation time frame. You pray, you see, you cry out, you call out, God answers, you get a burst of faith. Doesn't mean you're not going to be in the, the, oh, will it happen or won't it happen? Doesn't mean there won't be any doubt the moment you get the confidence. But once you've got the confidence, you, do, you, need to, you don't need to keep asking. You change gears. When you, once you're pregnant, you don't need to keep trying to get pregnant anymore. I'm going to leave that alone. It's more recreational from there on out. <laughs> Stay focused, Melbourne. You're distracting me. Come on. So once you've got the yes from God, you're good. You've got it. Now you've got to, you're still in the law of incubation. Now you've got to incubate that thing. You've got to keep it alive. You've got to look after it. You've got to change your diet, change your words, change what you're saying. You've got to adjust because now you're carrying a miracle. And there's a responsibility when you carry a miracle. You're not drinking that anymore. You're not doing this anymore because you've got something on the inside from God. You're not listening to that stuff anymore. You're not talking to those people anymore. You, no, no one might even be able to see that you're pregnant, but you've got that thing on the inside. And after a while, that confidence begins to ooze out of you. That's number three. Number four is this. Speak the word. I'm not going to spend a lot of time. We'll spend one, one week on this. The fourth law of incubation is to speak the word. What's God said? Okay, I'm going to keep this thing alive with my imagination. I'm going to incubate it. God comes to Abraham and Sarah and says, I gave you the promise that you're going to be a father of many nations, but you're still, your, your circumstances haven't changed. But I actually want you to change your name. I want you to introduce yourself as Abraham, which means father of many nations. A stranger comes and visits them, says, Hey guys, how you going? What's your name? Abraham. Oh wow, because in those days names meant a lot. Father of many nations. That's awesome. Can I meet your family? Ah, uh, yeah. I've got a promise from God. This is my wife. Her name's Sarah. It used to be Sarah. Now it's Sarah. It means princess, mother of many nations. 
Now, you, know, you can only do that when you have a confidence that God gave you a picture, a word, and a vision, and you now you're speaking a language that sounds a little cray-cray. Come on, sounds a little crazy. And you've got to be careful who you throw your pearls before when you're speaking those kind of things. But ultimately, you've got it on the inside and you're speaking the promises of God. I love what it says, Romans 4. We'll finish with this scripture, verse 20 and 21. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. This is a 25-year project. In fact, his faith, get this, grew stronger. So once you get the seed from God on the inside, the assurance, your faith needs to get stronger and stronger, which means often it gets tested. Often the opposite happens, and you have to keep speaking and believing. But God said, and I'm believing this. He, uh, uh, and, to, and in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. All right, I'm, I'm so excited about this series. Uh, series. I feel like uh, if you can partner, if you can read the book, if you read it, read it again. I, I try and read this book pretty regularly because it's just one of those books that re-inspires me how to pray in a way that sees God answer his prayer. So if you don't have the book, super encourage you to get it. Uh, you can get it, I think, an e-book version as well. But I want us to close our eyes together right now. We'll get the band to come up. Thank you. Melbourne, your band can come up keyboardist, whoever's coming up. Close your eyes. Father, I thank you today for the life of Dr. Yongi Cho, his influence on the world, his influence on my life. I pray that through this book and through the, the biblical principles that he articulates, you would help us change into a new dimension of faith. Our whole church Holy Spirit, we want to have that burning desire, the clear-cut objective. I want to pray and receive the assurance, the substance on the inside. And then we're going to speak your word over our lives while we carry a miracle, multiple miracles. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I pray for every person in this room, every person in Melbourne East, every person watching online. Holy Spirit, let there be a stirring afresh of faith where there's been disappointment, where people have once been on the front foot but just ended up discouraged and disappointed. Let us go again. Tap into your principles, your laws. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Awesome, awesome. Come on, put, the, put your hands together for Jesus. Going to help us. Going to release uh, Melbourne back to Pastor Dan Frecker. We love you guys. Have a great celebration. God bless you.